The Bible Study Podcast, episode 568. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Kings chapter 4. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I have been saying for some time that the heroes in these books of kings, especially here in First and Second Kings, are predominantly the prophets. And we'll see that this week. We're not dealing with kings. We're dealing with Elisha. The widow's olive oil. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour olive oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left." I love this story. It reminds me of that story of Elijah and the widow who she and her son were going to die and he, because they were going to starve to death in that famine. And he said, you know, make something for me first. And, he's, and that little flour you have and that little oil you have will last through the famine. And this is the same thing, except it's all at once. And it's all at once to pay off the debt for the, this widow of one of the prophets, one of the company of prophets. Remember, there are more than one prophet that are going on here, and he has now died, and his widow is about to lose her sons into slavery because of the debt. And one of the interesting things about this is he says, okay, go gather all the empty jars you can get from your neighbors. Don't ask for just a few, right? How much do you believe that God is going to help? Go get a lot of empty jars because you're going to get basically as much as you can take. And as soon as they run out of jars, they run out of oil. If she had gathered more jars, she would have had more oil. And it just feels like there's a sermon in there that sometimes we limit what God is doing with our expectations. Sometimes we don't expect God to act in certain circumstances. And that may change how God acts. And so he basically says here, expect and see. Expect and see that God will save you and get as many, as many jars as you can because God wants to show his favor to you and to your sons. It goes on, the Shunammite's son restored to life. One day Elisha went to Shunem And a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. 
She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can I do for you? Can I speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant and the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elisha had told her. The child grew and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It is not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is the child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God on the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, Tuck your cloak into your belt, take my staff in your hand, and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. If anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room, and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. It's a great story. There's so many things in there that I think are interesting. It is, again, a story about an older mother who has a child, not unlike Sarah and Abraham. So that is not something that God could only do once. 
It is, again, a story about a child being raised from the dead, similar to that story with Elisha and the widow whose son dies. Again, God can do that again. But the parts of it that I think are interesting are Elijah goes to this town, to Shunem, and he meets this well-to-do woman whose name we never learn. Even Elisha doesn't seem to ever have learned her name. And she extends to him hospitality. That's the way it starts. It's just, why don't you stop by and have something to eat? Why don't you stop by and have something to eat when you're in town? And then it goes on, and she says, I believe this is a man of God. Let's make a place for him. So every time he's in town, he can have this little room up on top of the roof with his own bed and table and chair and a lamp. It's this hospitality that grows into this relationship between Elisha and this Shunammite woman. And it's that hospitality then that leads Elisha to ask the question, what can I do for you? You've done so much for me. What can I do for you? And he starts with, you know, can I speak to you on behalf of the king or the commander of the army? He knows people who know people. But that's not what she needs. And I love the fact that Gehazi, his servant, is observant. He's paying attention to this woman. She hasn't said anything, and she points out later that she never said anything. She never claimed that she wanted a son. But Gehazi said she has no son, and her husband is old. The son that would take care of her in her old age. And so Elijah calls her and says, you're going to have a child. And she's like, no, don't mislead me. I mean, that's too much. Again, like Sarah, she has trouble believing this. He says, no, this is what's going to happen. And so she does. She has this child. But then there's some tragedy that happens and the child dies. We don't know why. There's no medical diagnosis, but the child, his head hurts, sits in her lap and dies. And she puts the boy then in this room, this room that she has given to the prophet, this room that is her hospitality. And she goes and finds Elisha. Now, I had to look up where Shunem is on the map, and it's just slightly east and south of Nazareth. And so it is about a 10-hour walk to Mount Carmel. And so she walks to Mount Carmel to find Elisha. And again, there's this relationship. So he sees her coming and sends out his servant and says, you know, are you okay? Is your husband okay? Is the boy okay? But then he, she gets to him and she says he's died. So he sends the servant back with his staff, still dead. He comes back to the house, lays himself on the child, and the child comes back to life. But this all started with that hospitality. I wonder how much we cut off from our lives when we don't practice hospitality. How her life would have been different if she hadn't started with, can I provide you a meal? Can I provide you a place? Continues, death in the pot. Elisha returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in that region. While the company of the prophets was meeting with him, he said to his servant, put on the large pot and cook some stew for these prophets. One of them went out to the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and picked 
as many of its gourds as his garment could hold. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men, but as they began to eat it, they cried out, Man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat it. Elisha said, Get me some flour. He put it in the pot and said, Serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. So one of the things we learned here is just harvesting random things that you find outside and putting them in the pot and serving them to people is a bad idea, especially if you don't have a prophet of God who can make it all safe. Uh, We don't know what it was that the servant put in the pot, but yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Don't ever do that. Don't pick wild mushrooms. Don't pick random vines and put it in the pot. And then finally, feeding of a hundred. A man came from Baal Shalashah, bringing the man of God 20 loaves of barley bread baked from the first ripe grain, along with the heads of new grain. Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. How can I set this before a hundred men, his servant asked. But Elisha answered, Give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and will have some left over. Then he set before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. If you thought that miracle in the New Testament of the feeding of the 5,000, or that miracle the feeding of the 4,000, because it happens a couple different times, was something that God had never done before, you would be wrong. This happens here in Second Kings as well. And the thing that I like about that is... As we read these stories of the power of God as it is expressed through Elisha, we see some of those things that we go, oh, that's like what Elijah did, or oh, that's like what Jesus did. Jesus also heals a child, brings the child back from the dead. Jesus also feeds 4,000, 5,000. Elijah also keeps the widow's oil going for a longer time period than we would expect. And that should give us hope that the God that we serve— can do these things. The God that we serve is powerful. The God that we serve is still capable of doing far more than we can ask or imagine. And I wonder again, like in that first story, how often we limit what God does through our expectations, or how often we limit what God does in that second story by not practicing the hospitality that would bring other people into our lives, into our churches, into our fellowship. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.